This episode of Sword and Laser is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code SWORD at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Sword and Laser, episode number 189. I'm Veronica Belmont. I am still Tom Merritt. Welcome back from Italy. Thank you. Italia. It was fun. I bet I, it was. It looked I fun. It looked delicious. I ate a lot of pasta. <laughs> How much weight did you gain? You know, walking around everywhere, we walked everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept, the, uh, kept the pasta in balance. So your Fitbit was happy and your tummy was happy. I, if I had a Fitbit, that would be absolutely true. Why? You uh, what? Anyway, well, welcome back. We're happy to have you. And we've got a lot of stuff coming up this month. We've got great interviews. We've got an awesome new like book anthology that we're, we're kicking off this episode. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into things. So let's jump right in with what are we drinking, Tom? Okay. Now, just let me preface this by saying uh, that alcohol and jet lag for me are a very bad combination. So Mm -hmm. I'm having a Lipton Diet Citrus Green Tea. Don't laugh. (laughs) I was too late. I was already laughing. Also, the fact that it's a Lipton Diet Citrus Green Tea is because my sister was house-sitting for me while I was gone, and that's what she left in the fridge. Oh, I was wondering. That doesn't seem like something you would buy. Yeah. I don't no, know I'd probably why. just be having water otherwise, but there I'm like, go. oh, she left these, so I might as well drink it. Well, I am addicted to vitamin B12, and so I am drinking um, fizz that contains a extremely high dosage of uh, vitamin B12. <laughs> so you dissolved vitamin B12 in water. Yes. And that's what you're drinking. And it's fizzy, and uh, it tastes like vaguely like pink grapefruit. <laughs> and um, I also do this thing where I slap this B12 patch on my butt. And then it's kind of like getting a shot of B12 in your butt, but it's wow. a patch. Nice. And so it, it sends like 500 milligrams That's a lot of, B12 of B12 into your body. What does B12 do for you again? It I used you- to take it before I went to sleep to have weird dreams when I was in college. Really? Oh, because yeah. it kind of wakes you up. Like I can't leave the pad on my butt. Uh, I mean the patch on my butt when I go to bed because ener- it wakes energy. me up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, wee! Okay. Um, so yeah, it gives you energy. You don't crash. It's good for shoot days like when I'm shooting and I'm tired. It's good for jet lag. Yeah, I should probably. put some in my diet citrus green tea. You should. No, it would taste terrible, but you should. <laughs> you should do that. Don't taste it, but do it. Do it. It'll make you feel better. Make you feel yeah. powerful. Yeah. I'm kind of detoxing because I just came back from uh, an event called XOXO up in Portland, and I did a lot of drinking. So now I'm trying to, you know, See. Yeah. get we're my both, body back to a good point. We're kind of on the same page here, I think. All right. I didn't have as much awesome pasta as you did, though. Well, I didn't have as much XOXO as you did. <laughs> Cho-cho. Cho-cho, as we're calling. Cho-cho. All right, let's jump right into the quick burns. The cho-chow. Cho-chow. Our first one is from Sandra this week. Um, Apparently, Legendary TV has acquired the rights to John Scalzi's novel Lock-In to adapt into a pilot for a potential series. Uh, This is hilarious because... Apparently, everyone wants to make all of John Scalzi's things into is, television shows or movies. Is there any Scalzi left? I mean, is he working with all the same people or is it just like no, it's a, he different actually groups? Had a, he had a post on his blog today where mm-hmm. he said, I'm doing this as much for you as for me. Don't get too excited. This is how Hollywood works. And he said, I'm working with really good people, people that I trust, people who have done this before or I wouldn't be letting them option my stuff. But it's all just in development. And mm-hmm. as you know... 
Veronica, and most probably some people in the audience know this too. Uh, development doesn't mean that it's going to happen. I that know. means that means people think that it might be worth happening. So he's he went through in his blog post. He's like, we got to get to green light before we can even make a pilot, and that might never happen for any of these. And then even after you hit green light, you might like fall apart before you make the pilot. And then even if you make a pilot, that might only last for a couple episodes or one season or whatever. So, so he's like, get um, excited, but don't get too excited. Exactly. That was the message. That's exactly it. Exactly. Well, Legendary TV, they, they are the ones that own, well, they own, they own Geek and Sundry. Yeah. And they own Nerdist. Right. Um, no, he's, like he said, he's working with, with good people. Um, but it's just the way the business goes, right? So, mm-hmm. you know what, though, man, if I've got three properties optioned, I'm feeling a lot better about my prospects than I am if I only had one. Yeah, yeah, that's a better, much higher average. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, thank you to everybody who's putting these things on quick burns. It's really helping, not in just like helping us put the lineup together for the show, but in finding cool stuff that's out there. Like Joe Informatico uh, pointed out uh, the io9 story that the Man in the High Castle TV series has cast its lead actress Alexa Davalos, uh, previously of Angel. Uh, we might have seen her in Chronicles of Riddick as well. She will play Juliana. Now, what does that mean to you? Because you are definitely a huge uh, Philip K. Dick fan. Yeah. And no, this is and one Man of your favorite Hi- books. Man in the High Castle is, is my favorite book. I look at Alexa Davalos and I see, sure, <laughs> with the, that's not how I imagined Juliana, but I could see it working. And you got to remember, like, the way you imagine it never is exactly the way it shows up on the screen. And I don't know what kind of performance she's going to give. I don't know what they're going to make her look like, but it's not, I don't look at her and go, Oh no, that's wrong. I, I don't look at her that way at all, but it's also not getting me excited. Like, Oh yeah, she's perfect. It's, it's just like, okay. It's that, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, that could work. Okay. Um, Juliana is one. Of, I mean, Juliana is a classic Philip K. Dick female lead, you know, mm-hmm. cold, distant, skinny, pale, white, and black hair. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not too tough to cast, I guess, in the world of <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. Right. Also from Sandra, the news hound. Look at you, Sandra. You go. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's 1990 novel, Good Omens, yay, is to be adapted for Radio 4 by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy director, Dirk Maggs. Um, we read Good Omens as a sword and laser pick, ooh, like two years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. I feel it must have been around then. Um, but there's a lot of great names um, attached to this Radio 4 project. Um, lots of names that you probably uh, would rec- uh, recognize from, from things like Sherlock, Merlin, Game of Thrones, uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Being Human. Um, you know, that whole crew. All these UK actors that are so awesome. They keep popping up in different shows uh, all over the place. Um, so let's see. Should we name some of the names here? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've got... Um, all right. Mark Heap and Peter Serafinowitz Sarah, uh, will be taking center stage as the angel and demon, Aziraphale and Crowley. Um, others on board include Colin Morgan, Luis Breeley, Clive Russell, uh, Julia Deakin, Simon Jones, Arshur Ali, uh, Phil Davis, and Mark Benton. Oh, and it even features cameos from Damon and Pratchett themselves. That's fantastic. So hopefully I pronounced all those names right. I was a little stressed out about having to read this post because there's a lot of names that I have well, to say. I don't know how you say Peter's last name. Uh, it looks 
possibly Polish or some kind of Slavic. Serafinovich. Serafinovich. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to try to guess. But I think you nailed the rest of them. Oh, oh, okay. So you're calling that one out. I know. No, I've, I've read the saying, name before. I've read the name many times. Because if I say I you nailed them all, then somebody writes in and goes, well, well actually, actually, the way you pronounce Serafina, which is, you know, so I'm just saying, I think you were fine. I like how you just said it, which is Serafina witches. <laughs> that's a whole different uh, story. Because that like, sounds delicious. I just, <laughs> what? Or delicious? evil, if they're Oh, witches. Serafina witches. Yeah. Like sandwiches. Yeah. With what in them? Peters. <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> That's better than Serafina. Hey, Margaret Atwood is writing a new book. Can't wait to read it. Do you have a hundred years to wait? Because that's how you how long you'll have to wait. Wait, um, what? Yeah. Blah, spit take, double take. She what? is going to store the novel as the first of a hundred novels to be put in a future library being built in Norway. It's part of a project organized by Scottish artist Katie Patterson. And the idea is that they will build this library for the future. Mm -hmm. Every year, one author will put a a piece of writing in there. It can be a poem. It can be a novella. It can be a novel, whatever they want. And they will lock it away. And no one else but the author will get to read it until 2114. So literally... They're growing the trees. Literarily. Literarily. Uh, yeah. Literarily. No, actually, literally, they're growing the trees. They're You're growing right. the uh, trees to build the library. There's a, there's a video on the, on the website for the library where they show them going out to cut down trees to, to, to make some space. They're going to use those trees that they cut down to build a room uh, where they will house the books. And then they're planting new trees that in 100 years will be full-grown trees, and in 100 years they can cut down those new trees and use them to make the paper with which they will publish the books. Margaret Atwood uh, said that uh, discussing whether or not the stories will be, you know, what information will come out about the stories, if she will say anything about the book that she's working on, She said, wild horses would not drag it out of me, but I will say that I've bought some special archival paper, which will not decay in its sealed box over 100 years. Yeah, for the original copy of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Futurelibrary.no, if you want to look at this. I I posted this on Twitter earlier today, and and a few people were like, that's stupid. Why would I would I think that's horrible to make people wait? And I'm like, well, people are going to get to read them eventually. I think it's an interesting in that sort of like clock of the long now sort of way of making us think about things longer than our own lifetime. Well, how awesome is this? I mean, think about all the authors that we love who have, who have passed away. We're all going to be dead by the time this book comes out. I mean, but future generations will be like, Oh my God, there's a new Margaret Atwood book for me to read. Yeah. No one has ever read it. It is a new release. And if that happened now, it would be so cool. I mean, occasionally people unearth like, partially finished books or books that were hidden away it doesn't happen very often though so the idea that we can like be excited about this and and people will be able to maybe our kids maybe our kids kids will be reading this i think is really cool and yeah i i I 100 agree with you there i think you could almost simulate this by going back and looking at books from 1914, because how many books from 1914 have you read? Yeah, but people ha- people have read people them. have read that, so it's not going to be entirely the same. But you could get that experience of like having read something you've never read before. Now imagine having all of those books, but nobody has read them. Before. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's take a break and thank the fine folks at Squarespace who are making this show possible. And they're not only making this episode possible, they're making our website possible. Like if you go to swordandlaser.com, you're using Squarespace. Uh, They are the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy, not just for us to make it look like we know what we're doing when we make a website, (laughs) uh, but you too. Uh, You can make a website, a portfolio, an online store. Uh, It's it's really nice to be able to just go in. I always talk about the calendar, but but even making blog posts like you were able to post up that giveaway. Yeah. Uh, over the, and you slap up a, a picture of the book. You write some stuff up and then the Squarespace tool just makes it look all pretty. Thank you. I mean, I can't take all the credit because Squarespace did all the hard work. I just slapped a picture up there and typed some text and then it looked awesome. No, you just, but you tell people like, oh, I, I work really hard. Oh, I'm a web designer. Design. Yes. Uh, plans start at $8 a month, includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh, it's, it's, it's really worth looking into. So we'll go try it out. You don't have to give them your credit card mm-hmm. or nothing uh, for a free trial. And then 10% off if you want to keep it. Visit Squarespace. Dot com and enter the offer code SWORD at checkout. Remember that. Try it out for free. And then when you buy, use the offer code SWORD for 10% off at checkout. A better web starts with your website, people. Stop showing ugly websites. <laughs> We're at part of the new web where all the websites have to at least look pretty decent at this point. There's no Life excuse. is too short to live with a poorly designed website. Well, thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of the show. And thanks to you guys for doing so as well by checking out our sponsors. Hey, so speaking of supporting our show, um, a lot of you pitched in for our Kickstarter last year to help fund season two of the video show. And we are still doing rewards for that. We are on it. We are... We have sending not forgotten. things out. We have not forgotten. And uh, so for the next six weeks, we're going to be highlighting picks from supporters of a certain level of our Kickstarter. Um, so look for threads in the I forums. I guess for the next 12 weeks. For the next six book club episodes. The next six book club episodes. Yeah. Anyway, You're right. You're totally ahead. right. Um, so make sure you check out the Goodreads forums. Uh, they're going to be popping up there. We're going to collect your thoughts and comments on the book and then uh, toss one around on each show until, you know, we've really covered all six. Um, so these aren't official book club suggestions. Uh, it's just a way to kind of expose folks to a few more options for things to read. Um, and we'd especially love to hear from folks who have already read these too. So if you, if you see a selection pop up that you've already read, that you already love, make sure you jump in the forums. Um, We're going to be announcing them here on the show as well. Uh, Though I did learn recently, Tom, I have to say, Mm -hmm. that a lot of you forum members don't actually listen to the podcast. Well, then they can't hear us insult them right now. They can't hear us insult them right now. I'm not going to insult them. You're right. That's not nice. You. But you that are listening, you tell them, you should probably listen because there's cool things there that you might be missing. (laughs) There are. Um, But our first selection comes from our dear, dear friend, Jonathan Strickland. Um, He actually selected a book by his dad. And now this is a loophole. Yeah, he totally found a loophole. He found a loophole. I wrote the Kickstarter description for this level. And I said, you can't pick a book you wrote. In fact, you can't pick a book your mom wrote. We want you to expose people to other stuff. And Jonathan was the first person to back at this level. And he's like, can I pick a book my dad wrote? (laughs) And we're like, you know what? Fine. Especially because his dad is a legit published author totally um, and he's he's got I, I can't remember how i have 40 titles published out there so um the book is called shadow show by brad strickland and we uh posted the thread up on the goodreads uh forum and we'll have the link in the show notes as well so get in there and take a look at the description if you haven't read it read, read it tell us what you think and if you have read it 
uh, even better. Get in there and kind of share some non-spoilery thoughts about it. And we'll discuss those in two weeks on episode 191. Yay! And uh, this is cool, too, because we don't read horror very regularly on Sword and Laser. And this is uh, kind of, you know, veering into the dark fantasy horror genre area. Um, So if that's something you've wanted to dig into a little bit and didn't know where to start, uh, maybe check this one out. Absolutely. And thanks to Jonathan Strickland, of course, for helping to support the show. Uh, He's a great guy. We love hanging out with Jonathan when we're in Atlanta for Dragon Con. Um, It's super fun. He filled in on uh, Daily Tech News Show last week while I was out of town, as did you. So thank you both. Of course. All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Hey, guys. Hey, Veronica. I will play the part of guys. We have a store. Did yeah, you know that? What? A store? We have a store. We have relaunched uh, our store at swordandlaser.com slash store. And right now we have a poll up uh, that you can vote on the next item to be added to that store. And it seems right now like you guys really want a sword and laser coffee mug. Oh, but some write-in votes are happening now. That's exciting. There is definitely a Lem plushie option. Uh, I don't know if that's possible <laughs> for know, us to add. We want that to happen as well. Did you allow write-ins on this? That's great. Yes. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> Not so really winning? thinking that if the uh, write-ins happened and they succeeded, I'd have to fulfill that. Um, but I also really want a Lem plushie. And I don't think that um, Did you write Geeky in? Awesome Jen can create enough Lem plushies for everyone who would want one. That would be very <laughs> difficult. Um, coffee mug is in the lead right now, followed closely by pint, by glass. pint glass. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there are a few items that uh, David, who helps put together our store, uh, said, hey, these, these would be things we could turn on a dime, but we can only do one. We probably want to do all of them eventually. Mm-hmm. He's like, but we can only do one at a time. What do we want to do first? And uh, Veronica and I both, without like our emails passed in the night. We're both like, we should ask the audience because we're not lazy. We just care what you think. Yeah, you guys are the ones buying this stuff, so you should have what you, you want. want on the store. I mean, we've already got all the sword and laser swag we can shake our little angry fists at. By the way, I just discovered that if you go to swordandlaser.com slash store, it takes you to the old store. No, it doesn't. It does. No. Oh, Oh, you have to click on sword and laser store in the nav to get to the new store, which is sword and laser dot No. All right. So we'll figure that out. I've been reading all the wrong things on all the shows I've been going on lately. That stinks. We'll Ugh. figure it. Uh, there's, there's a way to figure that out. We'll, there's a we'll way to figure that. that out. I'll do a redirect or something. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll, all It'll be, be fine. fine. Stop panicking. It's fine. I'm not panicking. It's sweating profusely right now. Okay. Um, That's just the heat. Yeah. We have this great forum thread uh, from Casey called Literarius Virginitas. What? That's what it's called. Um, He says, remember your first time? Or she. Darn, I don't know. I don't know gender. It doesn't matter. Remember your first time? Fingers fumbling at an unknown spine. Tongue curled. Breath held. The universe commencing to reel. You swallow. Your throat parched ticks. The susurration of pages slicking over one another swell your ears. Congratulations, you've just cracked a book for the first time. Here's a question. A new pill sweeps the underground bookstore scene. If you take it, it erases all memory of having read a book. Thus, when you pick up a cherished favorite, you could be reading it for the very first time. There are no side effects beyond losing all memory of previous reading. Any title connected to an event in your life, i.e. a birthday present, gift from an old lover, a book that helped you through a difficult stretch, etc., is untangled from the event and cast into the never was. So do you grab your favorites and start popping those pills, or do you relegate all book fondness to memory? 
first of all, Casey obviously has experience handling internet people because Casey predicts accurately perfect certain responses uh, by in in future posts saying things like. Now, I, I very carefully said that it doesn't affect any other part of your life because I don't want this to become a ponder, ponderous thread about personal identity. Uh-huh. And man, people keep trying to pull it in that direction. Like, no, but I want to talk about the nature of personal identity. Uh, but Casey does a great job of shepherding this thread, I feel like. And it's really good. The weird thing is almost nobody answers the question. Hmm. And a few people are like, I think that, that it's bad to forget a book in case he's like, that's fine. You can think that, but that wasn't my question. My question is, would you do it or not? Now, whether it's good or bad. Hmm. Interesting. I would do it in certain cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, I actually responded to this thread. I would do it with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I remember being in eighth grade, uh, finding that book in a bookshop, knowing nothing about it except what was on the cover and opening it up well, I bought it first and then I opened it up <laughs> and started reading and just that revelation of, I've never read anything like this before. This is really interesting. Where is this going? Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Is this for real? Uh, I would love to experience that again. But then it brought up the question like, okay, if I take the pill and forget Hitchhiker's Guide, do I forget Restaurant at the End of the Universe and all the sequels? No. Oh, mm. Ask Casey. Mm. You'll have to ask Casey. That's a tough one. Yeah. So Eric um, had a good response actually. He said, uh, nah, nah. If the book is a favorite, I'd rather reread it and discover new things now that I can pay attention to in the background. Just like Disney movies, I've almost literally seen a hundred times and watching them again. Not even the first time as an adult. And I notice new jokes, new visual jokes or puns, new bits of foreshadowing, etc. I'm with Eric for other books. For certain mm-hmm. books, I would like, like Dune, I mentioned in the thread, and actually probably uh, Game of Thrones. I, I wouldn't want to have to read them again for the first time. Because those are books that I find just as much, if not more, enjoyment going back and reading over again because they're so detailed. Gotcha. I can't think of a book that I would want to start completely over on. Fresh start, clean slate. Um, you know, I kind of almost wish I could do that with uh, the um, Jim Butcher series for, for Dresden uh, Files. Uh-huh. And that's only because I started reading the series and I left it off somewhere. And I don't remember what book. So you're like, so, I would like to just start off. Can please. I just start completely over so I can just yeah. read through the whole series and not <laughs> feel funny. like I've bought another book twice? You I, could figure that out, though. I tried. I actually tried. Really? Yeah. I went back yeah. to like book. Gosh, I can't remember which one I thought I left it off on. Um, but I did. And I was like, okay, so the scenario feels familiar, but none of the names sound familiar. I don't remember this big thing happening in the plot. There are a couple so. of people in the thread said that they have had that experience where they started reading a book and felt like it was the first time and then partway through realized they had read it before. <laughs> yeah, that has happened to me for sure. Yeah, That has definitely happened to me. So great thread, Casey. Um, I, I'm going to think about this some more too because I think, I think it's a, it's a good, good uh, thought exercise at the very least. Uh, Tamahome started a thread uh, for the love of Stanislaw Lem. And I just wanted to call it out because time and time again, I think we've given Lem a bad name. Well, literally, we gave a bad name to our dragon, which is Lem. And I did. I did this thing. And Stanislaw Lem is a great author. And he's got a lot of amazing and very influential books out there. And I feel bad that we've invented this verb. So Tamahome has stepped in and kind of balance this out by starting a conversation about 
you know, fantastic books that he's written, you know, discussing why they love Lem, um, all this great stuff. So I, I thought it would just be good to call out and kind of draw people to uh, so we can balance out the Lemness in sort It's of my fault. Well, it is it really your is. fault for picking the least accessible picked, book ever, really. Well, not ever. Ever, really. It is certainly one of the least accessible of, of Stanislav Lem's. Uh, it's very postmodern. As several people in the forums have pointed out, pointedly. <laughs> so, you know, maybe this will even be enough for, for me to, to take another stab at maybe it Maybe in November we pick the Siberiad. I don't know, Tom. Picking another author twice? We've only really done that once. Well, if anyone deserves it, it's Stanislav Lem. He does. That is probably true. All right, let's jump into some emails. We have one from Rodrigo. He says, hey, guys, I'm a fan of your work, and I recently subscribed to the podcast. Thank you, Rodrigo. Um, I was wondering if you've already read The Commonwealth Saga by Peter F. Hamilton. I found it to be a great read or listen since I consumed it through Audible. The whole universe it portrays is fascinating, and I found myself devouring all five books as fast as I could. The last three books, the Void Trilogy, combine sci-fi and fantasy in a great way, and I think you will enjoy it. Thanks, and keep up what you're doing with Sword and Laser and your other projects, because they are great. Thank you, Rodrigo. You are great. You're the best, Rodrigo. You're great. Uh, Yeah, the Commonwealth Saga would be a great read. And and we don't shy away from series, but we wouldn't read the whole series. We'd only read the first book. Mm-hmm. P- Peter F. Hamilton, people have suggested it before. It's been, actually been up for a vote before, the first book in the saga. This is true. Um, so eventually someday. But that's also the cool thing about this this book club is this comes up so often that people go read it if you've got an extra book to fit in. If you're looking for an extra work, take Rodrigo's recommendation. All right. And then we have another email from Luke. Uh, you go ahead and read this one, Tom. Oh, Luke Pebbler. Yes. You mean Luke Pebbler, who is published in the Sword and Laser Anthology? Yes, which you can get at swordandlaser.bitcartel.com. Uh, I'm writing Big to cartel. Pl- big cartel. Big with a G. Uh, Luke wrote in and said, I'm writing to plug an anthology that I helped put together with the rest of my Clarion Workshop class. We mentioned this actually a couple episodes ago. He says, we released it yesterday. We worked hard on it and we're proud of it. It has 17 stories, one from nearly every person in the class, and they run the gamut from dark to light, satire to serious, sci-fi to horror to fantasy. Several of the authors are award winners, including Sam J. Miller, who won this year's Shirley Jackson Award for his story 57 Reasons for the Slate Quarry Suicides. Our week one teacher Jeffrey Ford graciously provided the foreword. It's a diverse tome that was more than a little inspired by the success you guys had with the Sword and Laser anthology. Oh, that's that's very nice of you to say. We're trying to do our own little humble bundle style pay-as-you-go thing with this. 100% of the net proceeds are going to the Clarion Foundation to support future workshops. There's more info. Awkwardrobots.org Remember, as we said previously, you could be reading a future Hugo Award winner. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome oh and hey i just wanted to really quickly mention um i ran into uh Stephen hood over at xoxo at show show um and he was the creator of storium uh, or oh, one of the cool. guys behind storium and so he said hello and we we chatted about storium a little bit and i know some of you guys helped me including tom uh create my very fun. first storium story uh, so maybe we'll start another one in the near future I know I they're adding that. a lot of features and cool stuff, um, but I, I got a kick out of it, and I, I just need more free time in my life. And then we can create more stories. Well, let's do that. Speaking of, uh, nope. Free time ha- in your life? Don't have a segue. Where you read books of the month, which yes. we're going to discuss now? That's good. 
All right. Let's kick off our book pick of the month, which is Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chang. Uh, most of you are probably finished with Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chang. The calendar sort of worked out that way. Uh, but for those of you who haven't, or even those of you who have, uh, Ted Chang has won four Nebula Awards, three Hugo Awards, the John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer, and three Locus Awards. Ooh. He even turned down a Hugo nomination for his short story, Liking What You See, a documentary back in 2003 because he thought the story was rushed due to editorial pressure and did not turn out as he really wanted. Wow. Uh, He is from Port Jefferson, New York, graduated from Brown in computer science, lives now in Washington and works as a technical writer, uh, also putting out short stories. So I met met, uh, Ted um, recently, actually, um, during a TV show shoot uh, that we were both a part of. Um, The show hasn't come out yet, but I'll definitely let you guys know when it does. Um, But he was super nice and just so, so brilliant and soft-spoken and really kind. And uh, it was a pleasure to meet him. And I was really excited when you recommended this anthology um, because I was like, yes, a perfect opportunity to, to, to read Ted finally. And a graduate of the Clarion Writers Workshop who won three Hugos. Just so saying. there you go. Yeah. Luke, it's going to be Luke. Uh, Luke is next. So now we're going to get a little spoilery. If you haven't read it and you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to uh, tune away, mm-hmm. uh, fast forward a little bit. But uh, I'm partway through. We're am, like halfway through the month and about halfway through. I am exactly halfway as well. I finished the first four stories, uh, which include Tower of Babylon, Division by Zero, Understand, and Story of Your Life, the title story. So I was a little thrown when I started reading Tower of Babylon because it doesn't feel like sci-fi at all. No. Uh, And there's even a long discussion in in the Goodreads forum about whether it actually is sci-fi or not. But like most of these stories, I feel like what he does is he sets you up thinking you're reading one kind of story and then he throws in a twist Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that actually almost cheapens it to describe it that way because it's not like a M Night Shyamalan twist. Well, that is exactly the same thing I was going to say is that while I was reading these stories, um, particularly Story of Your Life, I think mm-hmm. I had that moment of what a twist, which is what the, the it's the uh, Star- <laughs> South Park M Night Shyamalan right, right. joke. Uh, but in, in no way are they the same at all. It's just like you you the, the twist hits you. And you're just like, oh, oh, that changes everything. That's amazing. Uh, Tower of Babylon, I, I think I, I'm still having trouble visually parsing what happened at the end with the cylindrical world mm-hmm. or the, the earth and, the, and heaven or, or the way the earth was cylindrical. I don't I really a, understand. I, I, made, I made an attempt at that, and I'm probably way wrong, but I made an attempt at that on the forums. Can I try it on you? Yes. So do you ever read Flatland? Yes. Okay. That, that'll help. I think what Ted Chang is trying to say is that the world in Babylon is a 3D surface to a four-dimensional cylinder. If you think of it that way, what's happening is, okay, on a, in a 2D world, we would be 2D beings on the surface of a cylinder, and we would think of it as a big plane. Mm-hmm. But if we went far enough, we'd find ourselves back at the starting point and be freaked out. Like, how did that happen? I was going in the same direction the whole time. Right. And so I think what's happening in Tower of Babylon is it's a 3D surface that he's moving through and then finds out, holy crap, it's a 4D cylinder. And I just went around the surface of it. So, yeah, I'm picturing. So from there, I'm picturing that the, the earth is on the inside of the cylinder. And so the tower is connecting the two 
inner points like intersecting. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like the spokes of a wheel. I but would it's just think one of, long in two D land. In two D land, I would say the tower is laying on the surface of the cylinder, and you climb up it, and then you break through the vault, and then you go up through the vault land, and then you end up at the bottom. Okay. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Again, I I might be getting this wrong. But no, imagine that if the the tower is 2D and you're a 2D person, then the the tower would actually be laying on the surface of the cylinder. I should just call this stories of your life and others and other ways of breaking your brain. Yeah. Because all these stories basically break my brain. And understand is another one of those stories that breaks your brain. I think a lot of people didn't like it because they felt it got preachy, but I loved it because it went from flowers for Algernon to being like, I don't even know what, uh, I think I may have said on the forums and now I can't remember, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not just like, here's a story of a guy who gets super smart. Like it, it's boiling the frog proverbially. Like I didn't notice that Greco was getting so much smarter as it was happening. But at a certain point I thought, wait a minute, this is the guy who was talking like just a regular Joe several pages back and he mm. just slowly got smarter i think the difference for me was because i was listening to it yeah so it was it felt oh, i was listening to it oh really yeah. see so i noticed it a lot more oh you did all right yeah maybe i, I don't just know why um wasn't paying close enough attention maybe uh i just thought he was kind of an asshole <laughs> later on he was He's at just, the beginning he wasn't no no you're right he kind of started yeah i mean when he kind of ran away that's when he kind of started going Full asshole. Yeah, well, he got, he became, and this was one of my problems at first was I'm like, well, we're playing the, you know, oh, guy gets super genius and becomes a a douchebag narcissist. Mm -hmm. You know, why is it always got to be like that? But that's kind of the brilliance of the story is when we get to the end, he meets someone else who is not the narcissist who actually wants to help the universe. He wants to help and he'll go to any means to do that. And if that means some people die along the way, that's why he's not necessarily good. He's just different. Oh, go to Lesher Bach that somebody in the thread had suggested that this was straight out of go to Lesher Bach, which it is. Uh, He even acknowledges that in the story, but Mm. it doesn't Mm. start that way. It starts as more of a flowers for Algernon kind of thing. Now, I really, I was very strongly affected, I think, by Story of Your Life. Um, Yeah. I think it was by far my favorite story so far. When it starts, you're like, where is this going? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I get it. It's really sad because your kid died. And then, oh, spaceships. (laughs) Yeah, all of a sudden there's crazy aliens and and you're a linguist and you're, you're talking on, apparently there is a film adaptation um, also for this. Oh, uh, already? Apparently Amy Adams is, is signed on for the lead role. Oh, the, it isn't out yet. No, okay. uh, it, it's uh, expected to be released in 2016 and has been confirmed in May 2014. Hmm. All right. So there could be a book of this, which, I mean, a, a, a movie of this, which, man, well, now that I know what happened in the story, you know, it's, it's going to be sad to see play out in person. I'm really excited to see what the heptopods will look like. Um, the, the aliens from the story. Um, but it was so fascinating. Just you get to that point in the story where suddenly you realize that these things are happening at the same time. Yeah. And when you realize that it's just like, I don't really know how to describe it. You're like, Oh wow. So she's, yeah, it's actually a, it's a more adept 
way of doing what he did in, in the Babylon story. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like, Oh, he's actually back at his own world. Like this is just a, this is even more mind blowing, I guess. Yeah. And all of these stories just continue to confirm how smart Ted <laughs> Chang is. Definitely. Because holy crap, how do you know all this stuff? Like all this stuff about language and mathematics and, and physics and, and everything he delves into in all these tales is just so incredibly sophisticated. And I, you know, if you're writing a book about one of these things, you can study that thing and learn about it and become pretty proficient in it and be able to write a fiction story about it. Mm-hmm. But when you're reading all these different short stories, they're all so different and they're all dealing with such different things. It's like, man, you had to research a lot of different stuff. And it's, it's just really, it, it's kind of overwhelming for me to think about, um, you know, wanting to write stuff. And I think I kind of talked about this with, um, uh, Naomi Novik a little bit too. Like mm-hmm. you just get overwhelmed thinking about the knowledge that you need for for writing this kind of thing, and and it becomes difficult to to think that you could ever do something like that. Well, I get I get the feeling that Ted Chang just knows a lot of this stuff. Like yeah. he's immersed in it. He's just in, smart. And yeah, in his daily interests and work. Uh, and if there is one criticism of him, it's that he does tend to explicate uh, a lot. But I don't mind. I, I find the concepts he's dealing with so fascinating. I, I don't mind that he's maybe telling instead of showing sometimes. And I just loved the, you know, talking about exercising free will, mm-hmm. um, you know, deterministic universes and, and all of that stuff was, it came together with the human side, the really intense human side of, of losing a child and, you know, going through finding love having a child, losing that child, getting a divorce, finding love again, mm-hmm. just this whole cycle that, that is in life, but all of it happening in, 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 in synchronous, you know, yeah. in sync with his with stories the are very events. well crafted. Mm-hmm. They, they, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a very good way. Like you can tell care was taken in polishing this and making sure that it, all the pieces fit well. It's really well done. Yeah. Well, that's about as far as I am in the book so far. Um, I, I, you're at the same spot? Yeah, I am. Exactly well, the same wow, spot. Good for us. Look at yeah. us being all synced up and it's happening. I mean, we totally the month. planned that. We did. I get. Yes. Yeah. Because we know what the future holds. And exactly. so we were able to use free will to decide to be <laughs> right. at this point in the month uh, exactly halfway through the book. Mm-hmm. I learned that. Easy as that. From Ted Chang. Um, so yeah, if you haven't picked up this book yet, uh, don't fret. It's not uh, super long, so you still have plenty of time to finish uh, the short story collection, uh, Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chang. We'll be doing a uh, wrap-up of that in two weeks on the 30th. And uh, look for the Goodreads thread about what our October book should be. Veronica kicked that off over there. Uh, we're doing a little brainstorming to figure it out. Yes, because there were some complaints, Dustin, <laughs> that we were getting a little too, uh, you know, sword and sorcery, a little too castles and magic-y. Um, Fine. Um, so, you know, Called there's other stuff laser. we can do. You know, we can yeah, yeah there definitely is. Trika saying superheroes. Um, Terp Kristen recommended Asali Din Ahmed, uh, which would be great, great as well. Um, so definitely some stuff uh, I'm thinking about. I'll, I'll make a good choice, I promise. 
All right, well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Sword and Laser. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at Sword and Laser. Our website is swordandlaser.com. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, the info beam, which you can do on the right-hand side of swordandlaser.com or by going to the newsletter portion of the website up at the top nav. Um, we're doing tons of book giveaways. We've given away four books in the past month. Um, so yeah, just by being a member, you're automatically entered to win signed copies of, of books from great authors that we talk to here on the show. Um, and you'll also keep up to date on all the cool stuff that Sword and Laser does. It's not too overwhelming. It's maybe one newsletter a month. No big deal. And if you want to keep up on all of our discussions, uh, they are happening over on Goodreads.com. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. We're going to have an interview uh, with Mr. Timothy Zahn up on the uh, up on the RSS feed. Yeah, it's not all about Star Wars either, although a lot of it's about Star Wars. Yes, because you guys love talking about Star Wars. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.